0: Hello everyone, my name is Matthias and welcome back to Free Shipping, the podcast where we sit down with entrepreneurs, merchants, marketers, and more to learn about their journey. Today in the show we have Nathan, who is the co-founder and director of Quickfire Digital, where he is leading growth and innovation in the area of e-commerce. His agency focuses on Shopify and Shopify Plus for ambitious, hungry brands looking to scale. Both on the business front and within community, Nathan is relentless in his drive to succeed while doing so helping others. He started his first agency just 18 years old from school with that in mind today we're going to be talking about agencies paying it forward and much more welcome back everyone uh nathan good to have you
1: thank you so much for having me lovely to see you
0: yeah you as well mate. how's uh how's the day been so far how you feeling you know
1: what i feel i got like these excited butterflies um i've got a really exciting day ahead i'm usher at a wedding tomorrow um everything is kind of seemingly touch wood falling into place at a very good time ahead of kind of q3 q4 so you know what i'm really excited uh for today and hopefully i think a lot of it is what you make it right i always come into the team i'm like today's going to be a good day they're like what makes you think that i was like i I don't know just got a feeling uh and i think if you start with a positive mindset um just a quick one actually i I often have this debate my other half. I, I hate negativity in the morning. Okay, so when you get up and someone's like, oh, I, I don't know, I don't know what to wear or this or that, I, I just, that that really frustrates me because I'm like, look, at the end of the day, I need to just start with as much positivity as possible. Um, so, yeah, so far so good. Today's going to be a good day.
0: Good. Yeah, I, I like the, the mindset. And look, what I first wanted to delve into, because I think it's always really important for our listeners to know a bit more about you. Um, one thing that I've, you know, since we've known each other that I've kind of picked up on is you, you're always on the move. You're doing a lot, whether you're running the agency, you're being an usher at a wedding tomorrow, like, you know, you're, you're doing a lot. So um, before we kind of delve into quickfire and the history of the agency, um, I guess I want to curious, like you, you became a business major and then coming out of school, like it seemed like you kind of just jumped right into doing your own thing. So I was wondering if you could take, take us a back a step on like, what did that look like? And how did you first decide, like, I'm going to do an agency and not maybe go down the traditional business route?
1: For sure. So <laughs> I, uh, I was incredibly fortunate to go to a wonderful school. Um, so let's take you back to about 2008, where I was maybe, I don't know, 10, 12, something like that. And uh, essentially, a, a scholarship opportunity came up uh, at a local school that was hugely well-respected called Gresham's. Um, it was a private school. Uh, and at the time, it was a big step for my parents. We couldn't possibly go. But if we got the scholarship, it was 50%. Um, off the fees, we we might be able to make it work. So anyway, um, I get forwarded for this application. I go to the interview, etc., etc. I managed to get it. Fantastic. I go there. One of the conditions of the scholarship you have to board, so you have to sleep at school. I was living fifteen minutes from school, um, but you had to sleep there. Uh, and so suddenly, I grew up very, very quickly. Yeah, suddenly you're kind of, when I say independent, you've got matrons, you've got support, et cetera. But at the same time, you're in that kind of environment where you are quite self-sufficient. So, okay, go to school, have the most amazing time, incredible time at the school, some great opportunities, played a lot of sport, had the best time, made some great people. Um, as I was getting towards the sixth form, I uh, my parents have always been entrepreneurial, uh, had two hotels. It was 2008, the, the banking crisis happened, and suddenly um yeah my parents went bankrupt uh, lost one of the hotels and it looked like they were gonna have to pull me out of school uh, the next day i went into school to tell everyone and all my mates rallied around me and signed this petition and signed this bit of paper that said they wanted me to stay and that was very kind no word of a lie before the end of the day every teacher every cleaning person every cook every colleague like whoever in the school there was thousands of signatures on this bit of paper to keep me there which is the most humbling experience i've ever had to date but it really lit something inside me that was like, fucking hell, I've now got to prove that that was worth it. right? The school has <laughs> backed me. They suddenly not only did I have the 50 cent scholarship, they upped the bursary. So I suddenly had a 45% bursary. So I was paying like 5% fees. My granddad picked up the rest. Uh, and so I'm hugely indebted to him. And before we knew it, um, I was kind of there there without charge and, and having an amazing opportunity. Um, so I've always felt this indebted nature to like I must give back to the school. I love going back and giving talks and trying to inspire the next set of students. The only negative I have about the whole school is the the focus on going to university. For me, university isn't the only option. It's an option. And a lot of my friends have done very well going down that route but it's not for everybody. And for me, I've always wanted to start my business and start a business. I never really knew what in. Uh, and then I was in towards a sixth form and I was getting some work experience and, um, and I was doing work experience in an agency, an agency that was working for my dad in the hotel uh, before it all went pop. A really nice guy called Paul Richmond, and I was doing some stuff with him. And I was like, cool, I really like this. But you know what? I was just like adding content to websites and stuff like that. And I was like, mm, I think there's more to it than this. Anyway, that all happens. Uh, finished school, decided to go traveling, Travel for six months, did uh, Russia, Mongolia, China, on the Trans-Siberian Railway, through to Hong Kong, Australia, New Zealand, Fiji. Like saved up, worked three jobs, morning, noon, and night, just to be able to save ten grand to be able to do this once-in-a-lifetime trip. Did the trip, had the best time. Came back. <laughs> My sister, she's wonderful. Uh, seriously dyslexic, and she um she emailed me one day while I was away to say, "Oh, Nate, you've had a tax rebate come through for two thousand pounds." I was like, amazing. I'm running out of cash. This is awesome. Like, I can keep partying. This is incredible. Um, so I spoke to mom and dad, who, who by this time had started to recover from the whole hotel, et cetera, et cetera. And we had another hotel and that was going okay. And so he said, look, I'll lend you the 2000 and then you just pay it back when the rebate comes through. No problem. They send me the two grand. I spend it within days. Um, And then the rebate comes through and it's £200, not £2,000. So I was like, oh, God. So suddenly I'm like, oh, crumbs. Anyway, get back. And I was like, you know what? I'm really going to start. So it got to about New Zealand. So so probably, I don't know, two or three months in. And I reached out to so many people on LinkedIn offering free work. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start something. I'm going to give it a go. And I'm just going to offer to help and learn. So I reached out to loads of people one of the people i met uh, reached out to was a guy called neil adams uh, he's now a very good artist uh, at the time he was doing kind of marketing consultancy and marketing work uh, and luckily he was the third person i met when i got back to the uk i was just trying to tee up like conversations and stuff like that so got back to the uk met him uh, and he said right from this day forward you're not doing any free work it's 20 pounds an hour, which to me earning like six pounds an hour at a time. Was like 20 pounds an hour. Oh my God. Um, and then he was like, it's 20 pounds an hour. And not only that, um, I'm going to mentor you free of charge. You're going to come around my house once a week. Uh, I'm going to mentor you. And he mentored me for the next two or three years. Uh, and he remains a, a dear friend. So that was incredible and a huge leg up. And it goes back to showing like, if you don't ask, you don't get, um, and the same, just sometimes you just got to put yourself out there, which again is in line with what I'm doing now. And you'll see on LinkedIn, I'm posting every single day and I'm asking questions and I'm often like reaching out to people and saying like, can I help? What can I do? How can I get involved, etc." So that all happens. Uh, this was fine. I was growing my business. It was NathanLomax.com. I mean, how very vain. Um, <laughs> and it was growing nicely and I was doing kind of websites and I built a team out in India and they were developing and I was winning the work and it was all good. Then I started employing friends and then quickly got rid of friends. And before you know it, you realize never to employ friends. That was a life lesson. And then I kind of got to this point where I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm 25, I thin, no, a lot younger, 23 I'm having the most amazing life. I'm flying around the world. I'm eating in really nice restaurants and living this kind of Instagram life. Um, But at the same time, it's not the life I'd always dreamt of. I don't come into the office and there's this big open plan agency and there's all these heads and it's all buzzing and we're doing all these team socials. and It's all amazing and there's slides and beanbags and all the other bollocks that comes with this kind of dream agency. Um, So uh, at the same time, I, I found that I was spending a lot of money on hosting every single month. Uh, we're spending a lot on hosting so met a guy through something called the round table uh basically a a group for guys between like 18 and 45 all my mates as you can imagine go to uni i know nobody i joined the local football team but i didn't know many people so i joined this group uh met this guy called martin uh, and he said okay well i'll do the hosting and we can set up a bit of a joint venture so that was the second business i was probably i don't know 21 22 at this time um so set up the second business doing all the hosting and it support that kind of thing um and then we were like every sunday we would do that so we did monday to friday a week saturday i would play cricket or football and then sunday um you'd be working in the other business and then got to the point where I was like you know what like we're getting more and more traction. Maybe we should look at merging these together, um, and that's what we did. So Martin, Fred, and myself all merged in 2017, first of June, uh, to create what is now Quickfire. I'd actually rebranded Nathan Lomax to Quickfire about I don't know three weeks before the before the match, um, and then it was like, look, we might as well take this. I've just spent a fortune on the rebrand. Like, let's just go with that. So that's the name yeah. we took, um, and we were doing at the start WordPress uh and laravel projects uh, and kind of custom projects um and that was fine and then we started uh scaling and the economy is a scale of kind of one accountant and, and uh all of a sudden we hired our first person and that was already exciting and then we um and then we got the opportunity to do something in shopify um for bremont watches i'll never forget it um amazing brand someone i've always really admired the whole bremont story i think is absolutely magical And we had an opportunity to do a site for them and they'd been let down and they had like four weeks to deliver it. And for whatever reason, we were like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Um, And thank God we did, because not only did we fall in love with Bremont, but we fell in love with Shopify as a platform. Um, And what I found in 2018 or 19, uh, which is about when this was, was we needed to become known for something we were running mm-hmm. the risk of being a jack-of-all-trades master and nuns. So we would do PPC and we would do social ads and we would, in fact, i have still got our first ever client, which is a fish and chip restaurant in uh, in a local village. And I still uh, refuse to get rid of them. So I still do some social posts to them. <laughs> but <laughs> aside from that, I like, still go and see them. It's really magical seeing them. I've worked with them now for 10, 12 years. But yeah, realistically, like uh, the, the idea was the agency needed to focus, right? We needed to do yep. something and we need to be known for something. Uh, and the more we got to work with Shopify, the more we fell in love with it uh, don't get me wrong it has its frustrations and limitations just like any platform but at the same time i thought you know what shopify is is going to be where we're going to focus so just before the lockdown we were having very serious conversations as, as an agency about how we focused on something and now my parents had had this kind of hospitality background and i was like we're either going to focus on just doing stuff for hotels and holiday cottages and in the world hospitality or we're going to focus on e-com because looking at the clients that are most enjoyable. We're making the best margins. Like all of a sudden, this is the way we want to go. So for whatever reason, and I don't know to this day, we chose e-commerce.
0: So on this, I'm, I'm curious, how how long did the conversations go? And maybe could you talk a bit, if you remember, what was the back and forth like? Because, you know, realistically, I think a lot of agencies, you, you've just talked about the evolutions that it's gone through. Any agency that sticks around for a time is going to evolve just like any business but I think it's ultimately sometimes you'll see it where people don't want to evolve, and that's where businesses crumble. So, and, and they crumble because it, they have to make a decision that it's an educated guess, but it is still a guess to some extent. So, maybe talk through like, you know, you mentioned hospitality, e commerce. E commerce, it sounds like you didn't have a lot of experience in at the time, it was mainly hospitality. So how did you end up choosing the route that was like more unknown um a lot of it is luck and let's not
1: pretend it's is anything other than that there's no kind of master genius under here it's just just like backing yourself unbelievably committed to something and and being relentless in a pursuit to try and make it succeed um i think that look, we we chose shopify we were kind of i mean realistically anyone that says they chose and then switched like that is, is lying Okay, we chose, and then we would just look at the pipeline. And to start with, it was 90% WordPress, 10% Shopify. And then we would talk to more people. So I met an amazing guy called Spencer Gallagher, who again, went on to mentor me and support me and has been an amazing, amazing help him and Pete, his business partner. And I was talking to them about kind of, we needed to focus, etc. And I actually did a consultancy session with them, it cost about eight grand or seven grand for the day. The second I walked in, he was like, first things first, I've got a lead for you. It's 15 grand. It's in Shopify. Is that what that... That pace for the day, right? Nice. Um, so yeah, kind of we were getting more opportunities, and I was just every company He the reason I mentioned him is he talks about having fifty meaningful conversations every month. Okay, so as like a KPI mm. for growing and scaling a business, you need to be having at least fifty meaningful conversations every month, and don't cheat yourself. It's net new people. Yeah, me chatting to you today, okay, it could be meaningful. Me chatting to you tomorrow, no longer a meaningful conversation in those metrics. So essentially, um, was doing that, and all the conversations I would start to just say yeah, we build Shopify stores uh, and and essentially I just changed the narrative of what we were saying. And over time, probably a six month period, the pipeline became 70% WordPress and 30% Shopify. And then it was 50, 50. And then suddenly it was 60, 40. And now I look at it and it's 99 one, right? And it's nearly all Shopify and Shopify plus. And that's exactly where we wanted to get to the challenge is when you're scaling the business and you're bringing on more people and you've got to keep the lights on and you take on offices and you take on costs. And then someone goes, hey, I've got 20 grand for a WordPress build. And you go, oh, God, we could do with that. Like, we could really do with that. Um, but you have to say, you know what, like, are we able to deliver it? Uh, and are we not? And we've we're, again, we're, let's not pretend there's any kind of um, magical formula here. We did take some on and, and delivered some and some were better than others. And there was loads of challenges and learning. And, and actually, the more we did of it, the more we were like, we are just not good at this stuff. Right. We just keep taking on this WordPress stuff to try and help. And there's loads of people that are joining the markets an unregulated industry. It's a race to the bottom. People are spinning up templates for tens of pounds. And actually, we just can't compete. And so we then kind of got talking to Shopify. And one of the best things we did at the start of lockdown is we reached out to Shimona, who was MD of Amir Mm -hmm. at the time. Yep. And going back to that, don't ask, don't get. And I was like, hey, Shimona, uh, in fact, I could probably pull up the message. Like, hey, Shimona, um, like, really inspired by your journey, etc. Would love to get you on a podcast. Like, this is an agency in Norwich that's done like four <laughs> Shopify projects that barely anyone knows, just reaching out to Shimona. She came back. Hey, Nate, so nice to hear from you. Amazing lady. Um, and we did, a, we did some content together. Yeah, and she jumped on a podcast and we did something. And I uh, all of a sudden, we got Dermot McSweeney um, from Gym Plus Coffee. Amazing guy. We got him on. And he's like one of the poster children of Shopify. Suddenly, he's on the platform. I was like, Jesus, what's going on? And suddenly, that we had elevated ourselves and put ourselves on this, gave ourselves this brilliant foundation to then scale from. So anyway, then we start picking up more and more Shopify opportunities. The market was ripe. There's a lot of people in the lockdown going, Jesus Christ, what do we do? We just had started the momentum of talking about Shopify at the right time. Lockdown happens. How am I going to have um, fifty meaningful conversations when we're bloody locked inside? Um, obviously, moved to Zoom as the world did, and suddenly we're having yep. calls. I had four hundred calls a month, four hundred calls every single month. Okay, for the, for the for the duration.
0: So four hundred calls a month. I mean, do you re- remember how roughly? What, how many hours a day were you working? 10, 20,
1: 20 calls a day for half an hour at a time is 10 hours. And that's what I do every single day. And people are like, Oh, you okay. must've had a break, etc. No word of a lie. You can ask anyone that has been on there. I had 400 calls a month and the best thing about it all was after every call, I tried my best to make five meaningful introductions every single call like how can i help this person genuinely not for the not for trying to get something back not because i want help just because i want to help them and genuinely don't need anything back here's five intros i think having spoke to this person you should speak to this imagine like the most rudimentary like file facts in my head where i was like okay this person does pr for i don't know um machinery brands and then I was like, actually, I just spoke to someone that does SEO for machinery. Well, you need to speak to this person. I would just match them up. Yeah. And just, actually this person you just, was, start, just Start was to make those connections. Just connecting loads and loads and loads of people. And as you can imagine, doing five intros a day, I was then like, Oh, uh nice, bloody hell. I spoke to him six months ago and he still remembers me. That's amazing. Yeah. And all of a sudden I built the built the most amazing amount of reciprocity. But these people are like, fucking hell, not only is it lockdown and no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow and it's already scary and the pipeline is shot to bits, but this guy's genuinely like going out of his way to help me. And therefore, the mentality is like, I've got to help him. How can I help him? Honestly, it was like bloody Amazon warehouse, our house. We're getting gifts sent to the house. Thank you to biscuits and all sorts. But what was amazing is even after the lockdown, firstly, when I went to any agency event, I knew most people and that was really comforting because yep. weirdly, as I might come across as an extrovert, I'm actually a little bit introverted in those kinds of situations. So I was like, first things first, I want to meet everyone. So when I go there, I feel comfortable. Yeah. But secondly, I just, even to this day, I still get introductions to people like, I remember what you did for me in 2019, 2020, et cetera. I just spoke to someone. They're looking for Shopify. Can you help Um, and it's just been amazing. And that's kept the pipeline unbelievably healthy. The pipeline was the healthiest in the in the pandemic then, I think it's ever been, which was just remarkable and a weird thing. But even now, um, the, but that obsession about just going out your way, paying it forwards, helping others. And sometimes you pay it forwards, you make five intros, they don't even say thank you, there's no reply. And, and that gets you, right? And after a while, you're like, fucking hell, why do I keep doing this? But just a relentless pursuit. Don't worry take it on next one next one next one just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it and before you know it you've got loads of reciprocity over here you're speaking to shimona and shopify over here we're then another thing with shopify is i was hand about okay when's the plus partnership program opening what can we do how can we get involved we're putting out loads of content we're starting to to run these webinars and events but obviously everything online like How else do we get in there? Okay, you need to start submitting some plus leads. Well, we're getting some plus leads, Like we were starting to make moves in that space. Uh, Fast forward the clocks, the the plus program opens, we managed to get onto it. Uh, We become a plus agency. We start doing even more projects. We start winning some more brands. We announce some brands. Another thing we started to do is we became obsessed with LinkedIn. I think I've got quite an addictive personality anyway, but started posting on LinkedIn like every day every day without fail just start posting later and just really openly telling the story yeah and just like okay this is what we're doing and this is what we're doing and this is what we're doing and we've just won this client and this is a challenge etc etc and and people started to buy into that and follow that and and then we started onboarding some new brands and uh fourth glade and hunter's wellies and juicy couture and beaver town brewery and suddenly all of a sudden like this snowball just kept growing and growing and growing and and now we find ourselves where we are today, 25 people, agency here in Norwich, Shopify Plus Partners, opening up in the Middle East, uh, working with some amazing brands, some brands from honest us, I could have only dreamt of working with. Um, and I find myself feeling incredibly fortunate every single day to get up and come to work. And, and don't get me wrong, it all sounds a bit fluffy and fucking hell is it hard at times, right? And <laughs> I can promise you, there's plenty I don't share on LinkedIn. Um, but at the same time, what I have found really amazing is the community within Shopify. And that's something I'm really passionate about. I'm passionate about building communities. Again, building communities in the world of e-commerce is something I'm doing more and more of. So we started to run events, right? And and again, just like most people would run one or two events, but oh no, Character of Excess over here has to run 45 events. <laughs> so we're running 45 events. We're doing everything on our power to bring the e-commerce community together then we start running dinners just for Shopify agencies. And everyone's like, why the hell are you doing that? They're all competitors. Well, if you look at it like that, they're competitors. But actually, I think they're potentially partners and allies. And so we build a really nice community of agencies that are all chatting to each other, supporting each other. There's a model called the plus equals minus model. So surround yourself with people earlier on, same stage further on. I, I was talking earlier, a guy called Piers at we make websites. Unbelievable guy. Yet on the face of it, he's like, why on earth is this guy who's just sold his agency going to help little old Nathan in Norwich? But I can promise you, every couple of months, he gets on a call. He's very honest with me. I'm very honest with him. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah, and you just, again, you don't ask, you don't get. So we're having great chats with him. Pointers, what did you do at this stage, peers? I mean, we're, we're approaching our first mil, I think it was at the time, and now we're approaching our first two mil. What does that look like? How did you do this? Have you had this challenge? Or oh, bloody hell Nathan, if you had that challenge. And never forget, one agency I spoke to uh, ran a BNC London, and I was 17 grand short for the payroll. Uh, and I had about four days to find it. And I was stressed, yep. really stressed. Um, and he, I told him and he laughed. I was like, what are you laughing for, man? I'm pulling <laughs> my hair out here. He was like, "Nate, I'm 170K short for the payroll. And it's also in four days. And I just started to get that perspective. I was like, fucking hell. Actually, as you scale an agency, it's just the same problems. They just normally have a naught at the end yeah, yeah. It, it just literally everything is bigger, bigger but bigger. you also have payroll you also have hr challenges you also have pipeline challenges etc etc but yours just has a few more knots on the end and that was amazing and so got the perspective and sure enough found the 17k and and, and life carried on and that was all good um but, yeah, I mean, then we built the board, and that's been a huge step for us. We got a guy called Paul Woolley from uh, kind of formerly of Omnicom, got him involved, Gary Nurse is FD, Rachel Jacobs got involved. He does a lot in the Shopify space. So we just built and built and built on getting the right people. We just got an ops consultant in who's now sitting as kind of head of ops, and that's really exciting. And that snowball just keeps growing right. and growing and growing, uh, and everything compounds, right? So uh, and don't get me wrong. I, I, you go to these events, and I think, oh, Okay, it's, it's a lot of energy to do these events and to host and always be smiling. And I get to the event, I'm like, God, I'm absolutely knackered, just got to push through. And then you do it and you weirdly feel like you're charging your car in You're like, or yeah. your phone in. Like, all of a sudden you leave and you're like, oh, my God, I'm buzzing. And I've got all my energy back. And I found that weirdly I get my energy. I think I like to rest and play sports or whatever, but weirdly I get my energy from being in the community and doing stuff. Yeah. And I think yeah. one big thing I've got with Shopify is, is an amazing fascination about net new and taking people away from other platforms and i'm absolutely all in favor of that and no problem but i do believe that in the next 12 to 24 months we've got to do more to champion the amazing community we've got the people in the community i've always wanted to run these shopify awards like let's just celebrate the amazing businesses and the amazing achievements we've got within the shopify ecosystem there's some great stuff happening there's some amazing brands um and that's what i'm really passionate about
0: at the moment Yep. And so oh, there's a lot of themes that came out of there. Obviously, reciprocity, community. Um, I I believe that you'll probably, if you've not heard the saying, but most likely you have, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships. Um, I think it's incredibly important. It's something that across my team I live in and I think it's in in general so true and you, you really are trying to embody that. Personal question, you know, you go back at the very beginning and you mentioned you tell the story of you were potentially going to have to leave school and everyone got around you and said hey Nate we want you to stay here do you like you mentioned that was a pretty big moment prior to that did you have like this idea of reciprocity and kind of building community or do you think that was kind of a moment where you realized with when people get together what they can do as a collective
1: I just got the weirdest, uh, goosebumps. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know what? I I think it actually came from my parents. So throughout all this, right. The, the, the cars are taken off our drive. We have to be kicked out of the house. We're living in caravans. Like it's a really shit time. And my family, we're all big people. And so four of us living in this little static home, I was living on a sofa bed for three years. Like it, it wasn't comfortable. Throughout that whole thing, my parents gave up everything so we could have something. So whatever was going on, we almost didn't see it. Okay, so we would still have so – going to a school like that, right? Everyone's turning up in bloody designer clothes. They've always got new trainers that start a term, like the school trips. I'll never forget for my 18th birthday, there was a cricket trip to Barbados. Never, never were we going to be able to go there. Suddenly, I was going. I was on the trip to Barbados. They'd found a way. Yeah, and I have a big family motto now with my family, with Nikki and the, the kids, is make it happen. Okay. Whatever it's going to do, just make it happen. And that's exactly the values they instilled in me. And to go through that period of time and I look back and go, hell, like how much stress and pressure must you guys have been on? And yet you just almost just like swans above the water as if nothing was going on, just making it happen day in, day out, week in, week out was amazing. And so that I kind of learned a bit about the the art of reciprocity. I actually think as well, the the whole hospitality world in terms of delivering great service and making people come back and just making people feel valued when they turn up the hotel, just making them feel special. I think that's another thing. And that's something I've always kind of carried as a personal value is how in every interaction can I try and make someone feel valued and special? Um, so yeah, I, th- I think again, it came from school when everyone rallied around. Uh, and it actually came from, the start of business and, and I think about some of the mentors that I've had on my journey and whether it be Neil Adams or I spoke about Spencer Gallagher or Marcus Hemsley or Laurent or or whoever it's going to be, all these people that have said, you know what, I will back this person and I'm not going to charge. I'm not going to tie them into some kind of 12 month contract or some weird kind of get rich quick scheme. I'm just going to give them the time of day and help them. And okay, I might buy them lunch or coffees or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to give them the time of day. And so I've always kind of had in this like I've been given the leg up. Like look at that Neil Adams example. Two years I used to go to his house, right? Every week. And he would kind of yeah, he'd provide lunch and we'd chat and I'd ask him anything and amazing, amazing commitment. But again, I'm like, you know what? I've got to, I've got to give it back. I've got to pay it forward. If someone's gonna do that for me, I've got to do that to the to the next in line. And and so that saying I hold very dear to my heart is when I'm asked to do mentoring or coaching or consultancy, etc i more often than not i'll be like of course i will i've I've got to give it back um but yeah that reciprocity and paying it forwards is something i is a huge huge personal value of mine
0: yeah and you i think the other thing is like i mentioned at the very beginning as well you you're doing a lot i mean just hearing you say during lockdown you know you're having 20 conversations a day and with reciprocity being so i think Ultimately, through our conversation, what I'm learning is the reason for your success, I'd say. And you will focus your time and making sure that you can continue that. How do you protect your time as an entrepreneur, as an agency owner, to make sure that you don't lose sight of that reciprocity? Because I feel like that is where your your strength and your value has come. And I imagine, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, that maybe some at one point you veered a little bit away. But realistically, like, how do you make sure that you're not letting people take away time from the that important value you have in that
1: it's a very good question and actually it's it's more often more recently this exact thing has happened right so um for years i i was uh had a partner we broke up i then had a series of partners and and they were kind of the wrong the wrong thing for me uh and then i met the most amazing lady three years ago called nikki and and i think the word of her and she's got two children i treat them as my own but that gave me some kind of grounding where I was like, okay, like you just need to remember what's important in life. Um, and so she often pulls me up and there's me kind of floating in from work. being like, Oh, it's been an amazing day. We've closed the deal. and We've done this and done this. And she's like, yeah, we need to cook tea or we need to do whatever. Like just, just remember there's a family here as well. Right. And I think that's really important. She's unbelievably supportive, but at the same time, she also pulls me up when I need to, which is, which is really important. Um, I think that the, the, trying to make time to do the reciprocity stuff as well. Like I've been able to do that through the format of events because I've been managed to have, imagine one meaningful conversation, 30 minutes at a time. Now, if I'm running an event, I can see 20 people in two hours. Yeah. So suddenly I can do that just on scale. Um, because actually what I found is it was unsustainable and actually people got wind of this kind of model. Uh, and then they were making shit tons of intros and then suddenly I was on calls and and actually what you quickly see, I think it was Adam Grant that wrote a book, Give and Take. Um mm. and essentially what you've got is you've got givers, um, but you've also got takers. Uh and you've got people that are there, like, okay, so where's these intros? How can you help me? I have got 30 minutes. I want all the value from you. And after a while you go, hang on a minute, I'm not sapped of any energy. I also need to be fed as well, right? Like, come on. So, yeah, I mean, to start with, I was just like, relentlessly give, relentlessly give, relentlessly give. And then you start to spot it. And you can work it out pretty quickly on a call. You're like, actually, this person isn't, isn't interested in what I'm saying. They're not interested in finding out about me. They're not interested in our agency. They're not interested in helping us. They're literally there for themselves. And so then you start to develop a bit of a thicker skin. And actually, sometimes, and Sally, you do you do drop it. And and most recently that one thing I would say about pipeline and we talked a little bit about pipeline before we came on Yep, is whenever the pipeline is skinny, I always think to myself, why is it skinny? And I look and there's a direct correlation to the amount of conversations I've had every single time, which is something Spencer Gallagher always used to drum into me. He was just like, if that pipeline is skinny, you're not having enough conversations. And sure enough, I look at it and I go, you know what? I'm right. I've stopped the reciprocity. I've stopped the conversations. I'm still doing the events and bits and pieces. But actually, how many calls did I have recently with partners, with agencies, with potential clients, with merchants, etc.? None. Yeah, and then suddenly I started again. And, and I've started again probably in the last 30, 45 days. And as I shared with you before the call, the pipeline is looking pretty rosy again, which is great. Um, but I do just think it's relentless yeah and that's something i'm starting to i'm in this kind of weird thing i don't mind sharing on here like i've got a holiday next week and while i'm excited i'm also not excited i think that's a dangerous place to be in right where i'm like i just want to keep going i want to keep going i want to keep working and it's beautiful to be in a position where you enjoy work so much but at the same time it's incredibly dangerous because you mask the signs of burnout etc and then it will just hit you yeah and that's something I'm very aware of is I run at a million miles an hour most of the time sadly my body shape doesn't show that but in terms (laughs) of like activity and energy etc everything is a million miles an hour and everything is high energy and I put my all into everything I do and I worry that because I enjoy it so much I then get tripped up yeah, because I'm just like, oh, I can go to that event. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can speak on that panel. Yeah, I can do this. And the snowball's growing and there's more and more opportunities. And then suddenly out of nowhere, bang, and we crash. And so that's something i just got to be super mindful of. But having that self-awareness to even know that that's a possibility is half the half the journey, right? To know, like, just be aware that despite all this romance going on in your head and all this excitement, etc., there is a chance that if you're not careful, you, you're going to pop and so now i go back to to mentoring and i I spoke to ben lang about this the other day and obviously former olympian amazing guy hugely inspirational to me and i just asked him for a bit of time and i just said look i just i just not talking about agency i just want to talk about performance and and we talked about like kind of post-it note exercises and and how we could put stuff up in kind of to do's and then scrunch them off when they're done and and get that fulfillment from that and how we can just time block and how we can just be a little bit smarter and if you look at and there's a lot of synergies between an athlete and a and a business person and, and other walks of life and anyone trying to be at the top of their game um you have to be incredibly self-aware um but you also have to have this fire in your belly to relentlessly push to to be at the top uh and essentially we we're, we're absolutely not where there not there yet but I do fundamentally believe we will get there and that self-belief is what drives me on every single day to try and make the agency a better place than it was yesterday
0: yeah yeah, I think it's um, I'm actually currently listening through um the book. It's by Jim Collins. It's called uh, From Good to Great. Um, and there's lots of things that stem from it around level five leadership, around having the right people on the bus. Um, all of these things that ultimately they you know I think takes a company from being good to be to ultimately being a great company. Um, but one of those things that they really mentioned is that you need to have Obviously, we know this in life. We see this with the greatest artists, the greatest musicians. This deep passion, because realistically, another book, uh, the Subtle Art is not giving a fuck. I think they said this best is the people who are the best at their craft are willing to suffer the most. Because realistically, like you know, you look at the greatest guitar players; they love it, but they will—they've sworn away so many hours of their life to create that craft right now you are swearing away so much time of your life to create this agency, but ultimately you love it. It will be a drag, but at the same time, it's one of the most rewarding things like you mentioned that you do. And I think the it's really key to understand that. And if you're not falling in that realm, you're in kind of a dangerous place, whether you're being an individual employee at a company, you have your own business, whatever it might be
1: yeah i think there's a a big thing around legacy as well Uh, and so not only am i giving up a lot to to try and create the agency but weirdly i also don't want to be defined by just the agency yeah and that's the other thing so you you spend your whole life trying to create this amazing agency and then actually i don't want people to remember me when i'm not here for the agency and so now this is where the passion for communities come in which is fed in nicely to the agency but I want to be remembered for the guy that that was always helping, that was always supporting, that was bringing like-minded individuals together that was making a real difference. And I believe that Shopify has given me the perfect vehicle to do that. Yeah, it's a cause, it's making commerce more accessible to anyone and everyone. Is something I, I fundamentally believe in and I've got huge dreams to go out to Africa and, and start teaching people out there how to spin up a Shopify store and and to do stuff in in areas where perhaps they haven't got access to these skills. I, I did a program for the local council and we taught 25 businesses how to build a Shopify store. Um, I got so much fulfillment from doing that and I was like I would love to just go out to little pockets of the world and be like okay we're going to get some people here and we're gonna we're gonna show you how. And you've got a, a shop here, and we're gonna we're gonna help you, and we're gonna incubate you, and we're gonna build this accelerator. And so much. I'm actually talking to my old school about building some kind of fund to support entrepreneurs that are coming through the school that then want to invest and and get investment and all that good stuff. And then I started investing myself, and I've invested in four direct consumer brands this year. And yeah, for me now, this this world of entrepreneurship, and I was very kindly noticed as a, a top voice in the world of entrepreneurship on LinkedIn, and that was hugely humbling. And now I'm doing some work for the youth pledge uh, and the, the youth trust and the stuff Jack Parsons is doing to help youth unemployment. And yeah, I just, this snowball matars is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And, and actually, I've I've loved chatting to you today because it's the first time in a very long time I've just had a chance to speak and reflect and, and just be like, fucking hell. Like, <laughs> there's a lot to be grateful <laughs> for, right? Like, I very rarely do I even look back at all that stuff and to think, I, I read a quote the other day that said, five years ago you were dreaming of being where you are today Uh, and i really like that quote i was like you know what that's absolutely bang on like five years ago i'd have given anything to be where we are today and i sit here and i go okay but we're not 10 million and we're not this and we're only trading in two countries not 10 and whatever but fucking hell if i could go back and if you told me that we'd have the clients we've got now we'd have the team we've got now we'd have the profile we've got now we'd have the reciprocity we've got now and i'd be as happy as i am now five years ago i'd have bitten your hand off
0: yeah that's actually really true i mean uh, not to delve into a ton of my own personal life but i had a lot of change in the last five years and i think at that i'm at that point now the same if if you would have told me Matthias, you're gonna go through some real shit but actually you're gonna end up being here with where i'm at i yeah i probably i would have taken someone i would have done some terrible things potentially (laughs) uh But I think it's a a good way to think about it. So as we're kind of like wrapping things up here, um, we've covered a lot. I think um, the takeaways that I'm taking and I think this is in life and in business is the more people, the more conversations, you know, but doing it in a genuine way. Will help you succeed. You know, realistically, not every conversation is going to lead to something right away. But if you have a genuine interest in someone, and then as you build that network and you try to help that individual, it will come back round. And but it's leading with that authenticity though, because I think like you spoke about um, people. I've heard this is like you know your network. Some people feed their network. Other people suck from their network. And you want to make sure you're doing both. The um, the other piece is obviously being really passionate about. Is there anything else that for yourself, like you think if anyone does this, I really think it will help them succeed, whether it be personally in life or in business that you think it's important for them to know?
1: Uh, for me, as I talk to everyone about, you need to remove that stigma of reject- or that fear of rejection. Okay. And the, the, the biggest catalyst for our growth was not being afraid to ask. Okay. So look back at the story I told you about Shimona. Look at the conversation I had the other day with Ben Lang. Look at the conversation I've had with you and and the conversation we've had. Look at us getting on the Shopify partnership program. Look at us doing a lot of this stuff. It's from not being afraid to ask. Yeah, and just saying, like, do you mind? Look at the conversation I've had with peers. Look at all the mentors. It's all been through asking. Do you mind if... And in return, I will happily do X or Y, or I'll support you here, or I'll buy you lunch or whatever. It's got to be a two-way street. But at the same time, knowing I don't have as much to give to that person, but I will do whatever I can to say thank you, and make it right. So the first thing is don't be afraid to ask. The second thing is don't forget the art of saying thank you. Okay, and that's so important. Again, this morning, I was I was driving into work, and I, I was talking to a potential uh, opportunity that I've been referred and it, that wasn't the right opportunity, okay? It wasn't the right size for us. It wasn't the right client for us, etc., etc. Having said that, the first thing I did after the call is I called the person that referred us and I called them and said, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I'd really appreciate it. Okay, it wasn't right for us. And I, again, through the art of reciprocity, I said, I'm really sorry. I don't think it's right for us, but I suggest you speak to this person, this person, this person. I tried to help them. But at the same time, I went back and said, thank you. So don't be afraid to ask. Don't forget to say thank you. Um, and the third and final thing is just around this relentless pursuit for what you're after. There's a lot of people that moan that their life isn't great or that they don't have what they want, etc. But they're not prepared to go and get it. And so the family motto of make it happen could never be more true. If you want it bad enough, you really want it and you at the heart of heart wants it. The only person that's going to make it happen is you. And you're going to have to go through a whole shit ton of pain and sacrifice. But if you want it, I genuinely believe you can make it happen. And don't get me everyone there's people like, oh, you're never going to be a multi-billionaire or you're never going to fly a rocket or whatever. Like, okay, maybe not, but uh, the, the values and goals that I have and where I'd like to be so far in my life. And I'm what now 28, like still got plenty of time. I believe that if I want it, I can make it happen. And that goes for my family, for my friends. And for our business, and so far yeah. so good.
0: Could not agree more. Um, so the last question I have that I ask every guest, and this would be interesting because you you kind of already answered a little bit, um, but ultimately, like when you're done, you're retired, you could be on a beach, you could be in the mountains, whatever it might be. You know what is what is success look like? What what would make you feel like okay, I've achieved what I've wanted to achieve in this life?
1: If I could allow or enable anyone to have half the life I've been lucky enough to have, that to me would be success. And so if I could mentor someone, have a 10-minute call with someone, look after someone, support someone, introduce someone, anything that means they can have half the opportunities I've been blessed enough to have, uh, I'm a happy guy. and I I just I strongly believe that when I look back and I just take a moment to reflect and I think of all the amazing opportunities I've had both in life and work um yeah if, if I could help someone to do and that's why I'm so passionate about empowering this next generation of entrepreneurs and how can I support people and what communities can I build and how can I incubate and how can I do all this stuff because Quickfire isn't going to define us but it's certainly will define me but it's certainly going to be a massive part in the journey that helps me shape the journey of others yeah and i'm learning all the time and i'm hugely grateful to everyone that's supported me and continues to support me but i just now want to pay it back and help others so i can rest
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh look nate i mean look i mean you coming on the show taking the time today i know you got a lot of calls uh it's definitely shown through this so appreciate it um, as always, it's, it's been honestly a pleasure. I'm sure the the amount of stories, if we wanted to, we could probably do like a five hour uh, recording at some point, and maybe there will be a, a version too in the, in the future. I'm not sure, but in the interim, um, uh, yeah, I just appreciate all the time, the wisdom, your passion, and I think it will really come through. Um, and hopefully everyone listening, um, gets a bit excited about this and really does believe that if there is something you want to do, you can't make it happen. It's gonna suck at times, but if you really want it, you can get it.
1: Um, I really appreciate it and thank you for having me on and also just a quick thank you for jumping on a call the other week. Uh, you also were incredibly busy and doing amazing things in the podcast and everything you're doing et cetera, et cetera and so uh, it's it's two-way right and it's a real honor to be on the podcast this morning and thank you for your time.
0: And that was Nathan from QuickFire Digital. What stood out to me about this conversation was the ongoing theme of reciprocity and paying it forward. It's often very easy to slip into thinking, how will this benefit me? What this conversation reminded me to do is ask myself, how can I help this person? More often than not, when you help someone, they remember it. And in the future, that favor may come back to you. Until next time, I'm Matthias, and this is Free Shipping.